Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience, and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions, and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. Or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. Hey, Brenda Steve here. And Larson. What you got going on there? Is that some tea? You got some tea leaves on your tongue there? It's coffee, homie. Some little bits. Oh, you got some grinds. <laughs> no, it was it was mid sip, and I decided to uh, stop the sip. However, I still had, you know, a, a, a little bit of coffee on my tongue, and I was like, I can't talk with just a s- small amount of talkie- coffee on my tongue, and so I had to do something about it, and that's that's what it was. And welcome back to Going In Raw, Matt Chat. It's our monthly time to sit down with our friendos and uh, and and watch their video questions or their text questions. And then answer these said questions right here on the show to the best of our ability. If you want your video question answered, get in those Patreon pledges you have until May 31st. May has 31st. Yeah, there's 31 days in May, yeah. It's got May 31st. June has 30 days. uh, That's right. For the the, the Backlash edition of uh, Matt Chat, Uh, make sure you get your May pledge in. And uh, make sure your card is not expired or anything. We get that money, and then you can send your video question to us. <laughs> Anyways, uh, let's hop right into this, man. Sure, let's Wh- do so. What's our first question of de jour? It's from Jacksonville. Number one, Guillaume Halili. Hey there, friendos. Jacksonville's number one here. Uh, back with this month's Match Hat question. Simple question. What are other uh, just feel-good heartwarming moments and stories in real life that has happened to wrestlers you know i'm talking about like becky announcing she's having a baby uh daniel bryan being able to compete once again um just list a few of them we need some just heartwarming stuff right now let's think about them good stuff and yeah everyone stay safe stay strong we'll all get through this later guys thank you thank you Gil. Uh, so, uh, I guess I'll go first. Um, sure. I really like your answer, but, uh, I'll go with one that, uh, so he mentioned, of course, already, uh, Daniel Bryan, but of course there was another prominent WWE sports entertainer, uh, who had to go away for, uh, uh, really sad reasons. And then he came back and he said, I'm in remission y'all. And of course I'm talking about Roman Reigns who, mm-hmm. uh, had a, a bout of leukemia come back into his life. And then he Superman punched it speared superman punched and speared uh and a couple months later he's able to come back because he was in remission so that's awesome and uh, now he's gone again thanks to having kids so uh yeah his return man oh i thought that was just terrific it was really that was really that was that was really well done it was real, really well done on camera and it's great to see uh him you know 
get through that bout of leukemia, as you put it, and uh, return to, to, to doing something he loves. Yes, correct. Are you serious about your next answer here? Oh, let's see. Is that a real, oh, is that a real right. thing? Yeah, no, man. Okay, so here's the thing. For you and me, maybe not, but there are a lot of people in attendance who really, really, I there were people crying over John Cena proposing to Nikki Bella at WrestleMania 33. We were the, it was a sham. You and I both knew it was a sham. It was yeah. a total sham. Uh, but that didn't stop a well, lot of people at the from least, buying at the least into we it. Knew, we, we knew the proposal might happen. The odds of the wedding actually happening, not that great. Uh, I I actually thought, man, you know, they would get a lot of money for that wedding because it was going to be on TV. I thought that regardless, they'd go through with it, uh, and, but they would just fall apart after a couple of years. But they didn't even wait for that. They barely waited like a couple months, I think, yeah, before that thing long. fell apart and Cena was yeah. video, uh, videographed out and about with uh, frolicking with, uh, with uh, members of the opposite sex. <laughs> and so, so, yeah, that fell apart. But, hey. In the moment, at first it was totally a joke answer, and it kind of is. But in the moment, people are really into it, man. Not this people, but other people. Uh, the answer I got here is Katsuyori Shibata returning at the G1 final in 2017. Of course, he had that uh, fantastic match against Okada that was marred uh, by the headbutt. That's a uh, hard that match to watch, man. Yeah, it was a really good match. It was an excellent match. It was so good. And then the headbutt happened. He started bleeding from the head. Little do we know at the time, he was bleeding on his brain. Um, oh, God. And, uh, you know, was in the hospital for the longest time. Uh, you know, it seemed as if, you know, like a, a good portion of his motor function could be in jeopardy. He pushed past that. It seemed a certainty that his wrestling career was over. But this was the first time he came back, stepped foot in a wrestling ring after that happened. Uh, I think he just said, I'm, I'm still alive. Yeah. Took a bump. And uh, sat in the middle of the ring, and it was awesome, mm-hmm. awesome. Mm-hmm. And now he's uh, the the head coach at the uh, LA Dojo. Yeah, it's awesome. We can go visit him. We're in New Japan. Let's go we say could. hi. We could. We can get some no, training. actually, we, we come. They're under until July now. LA County is under stay at home order. Oh, okay. We can't <laughs> become young lions yet. No, not yet. Our dream has Darn to be it. pushed back a little bit. Darn it! All I want to do is 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 eat a kick from Minoru Suzuki. This damn like pandemic is keeping us from uh, realizing our dreams of being young boys. I'm getting, I'm getting sick of it. Real sick of it. I'll tell you what. Me too. Something I'm not sick of is these awesome and awesome looking video questions for Josh Martinez. Uh, Joshua could have a career in cinematography. All his questions look fantastic. It's like he's got a, a steady cam. He's got like a prime lens on his camera. It, they look phenomenal. Uh, cinematographer, official going and raw cinematographer, Josh Martinez is a question next. Let's see what he has to say. Well, hold on a second. Is this, is he using a subjective camera or an objective camera? Objectives. It's the it's it's not point of view or something like that. <laughs> Let's see what he has to say. Hey, friendos. So with these special matches like the Money in the Bank corporate ladder match and the Boneyard match happening, I think we all agreed that these matches would be good to see once things get back to normal. So my question to you is, how should they handle this? Should they do kind of like a yearly pay per view where there's just a bunch of you know those type of cinematic matches should they have something like a yearly match kind of like the money in the bank used to be every year at wrestlemania or should they be how i think every stipulation match should be is when a feud warrants that type of match you have that type of match be interested in what you guys think 
Thanks, Windows. Thank you, official going and raw cinematographer Joshua Martinez. I just gave him a new title. Good. Um, good. Uh, so we kind of have similar answers. So the cinematic matches, by and large, have been a lot of fun. Boneyard match, fun. Yeah. Firefly Funhouse match, absolutely incredible. Oh, yeah. One of the, my favorite wrestling experiences maybe ever. It was so darn good. Money of the Bank, a lot of fun. Mm. Um, I hope these stick around even though they're doing arena shows because I think they finally found a way to, to do them. That's a decent combination of cheesy, but still, but, but not so cheesy that it's off-putting. There's yeah. a little bit of cheese, like there's a little bit of cheese in the Money in the Bank match, but it didn't it didn't overwhelm the 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 match as a whole. Same with the Boneyard match, Firefly Funhouse match was on a whole other stratosphere of just being awesome, the depth, all that. Uh, so I hope they stick around. Uh, prior to the the most current run, their sorry, their track record of doing pre-film stuff not that great. Uh, so I hope they've they've taken what they've learned from these matches, uh, apply it going forward for the foreseeable future and, and beyond. Um, but they shouldn't do them too often. Do them when the story calls for it and save them for the major event. Save them for Mania or the Rumble or, or even Money of the Bank Survivor Series, something like that. Don't do them at, you know, like the B-level pay-per-views. Yeah. Even though it could help, you know, get eyeballs on a pay-per-view other people might, other, uh, might not otherwise watch. But just do it only when, when it calls for it so they still feel special and important and not routine. And I think that's the thing. Don't make it feel routine. Yeah, so they're going to do that eventually. Uh, so my suggestion would be uh, sort of do it like Hell in a Cell started out, like only when it's, like you said, only when it's completely necessary. When you get into a story that it's like, man, this would really be enhanced by uh, a cinematic experience. Uh, but then they'll probably just do, and I actually wouldn't be opposed to this, a yearly pay-per-view where they're all cinematic matches uh, as opposed to hell in a cell, which, you know, that should be the one brutal match of the year. Uh, you know, but letting the writers the calls for it, not necessarily when uh, just because of pay-per-view is called. Right. Exactly. But like in the, yeah. in the case of cinematic matches, that's a different, that's a different thing. If you want one pay-per-view where you allow your uh, writers and producers to uh, fulfill their cinematic dreams, uh, then I think that'd be kind of fun, actually. I think that'd be kind of cool. Uh, but, uh, you know, I don't know if they'd ever do that. But, uh, but yeah, I, I hope that they don't preclude, uh, you know, this from, uh, from, from doing this once arena shows are back. Uh, I yeah. think it's a lot of fun. It's just you got to find the right, you know, exactly. the right characters. I hope that they, they understand now that you can have, perhaps, if, if they're well done, if they're well executed, if a wrestler has an idea that's up there with, in terms of creativity, like the fiend, um, then you can use that as a pitching angle, you know, mm -hmm. to, to pitch to Vince or Heyman or whoever and say, Hey, listen, I've got this idea for a character which can work in a lot of different ways, including the cinema, the, the cinematic match type thing. Um, mm -hmm. so hopefully it'll just open up, you know, the floodgates for creativity with wrestling, the cinematic stuff. It really does feel like, I mean, there's nothing like being in a live show or watching the crowd, you know, just eat eat a match alive, basically. But it really does feel like, in my opinion, the cinematic stuff has felt like a celebration of wrestling. Um, and it's like it's no substitute for the real thing, but it's it's a really wonderful tangent to the real thing. Yeah, and I mean it's it's a way to freshen up the visual language of the show, which is something WWE has needed for a very long time. Mm -hmm. Yeah, sure. 
Next, got a question from Rich. Steve and Larson, Rich the Smash Bro here with Chase in the back seat. With everything that happened on Raw last night with Becky's announcement, we gotta know. That was insane. Are they going to write Seth off TV? Is he gonna go insane with this Messiah thing to where they're gonna write him off for a while so he can go be a daddy? Thank you, Rich. I'll Thank go you, first. Rich. Sure. Uh, I can't. I'm not really Nostradamus, so I don't know if they will write Seth off. Give me. Was it a quatrain? Give me a quatrain on what they're gonna do with Seth. I don't. I don't know how to. I don't know how. I don't know. <laughs> Is there a meter you have to use, like a Shakespeare I, thing? I think so. Probably. So, um, so anyways, uh, I think it's this man. I think that Seth and Becky are adults. They're smart people. Uh, as long as they're not being pressured by the WWE uh, to have Seth stick around uh, while Becky uh, goes off and 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 prepares for the 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 miracle of life um Seth has to be preparing as well uh but as long as uh they're not forcing his hand as long as they're smart enough to take the proper precautions uh to do what's necessary to ensure the health of the child and the health of Becky uh and Seth then uh let them do whatever they want to do if he wants to stick around as long as he's being safe about it who am I to say no don't do it yeah so as yeah. long, I just hope that, and, and I doubt they would. There's no evidence to suggest that WWE is forcing anybody to do anything. Um, so uh, you know, as long as they're not, as long as they're not trying to strong arm him or guilt him or whatever, as long yeah. as he doesn't feel, oh, if I'm not here, this place is going to fall to pieces. Um, hopefully, he doesn't put that pressure on himself. Um, you know, just be smart about it and then take whatever course of action he feels necessary. I believe there was rumors, reports that both uh, Becky and Seth were planning to take some time off mm -hmm. after Mania, and I would assume this would be before uh, they were even aware of the pregnancy. Yeah, uh, maybe this is a situation where Seth might stick around for a couple weeks to 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 find a way to write him off. Uh, maybe he's going to take things too far in terms of uh, uh, doling out violence, like we saw in Raw, trying to gouge out Ray's eyes with ring steps. Yeah, um, that he'll uh, eventually be suspended. Write him off TV for a spell. Um, you can be with Becky uh, during her pregnancy. Um, and, uh, you know, whatever, you know, maybe it, it's, it's a matter of, of waiting a few more months to seeing how the whole pandemic thing plays out. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, in three or four months, it looks like there's, it, it seems like the situation's safer. You can come back then. Um, it, at the end of the day, as you said, they're adults. Uh, they can make these choices. Uh, you just got to hope that uh, they're taking every precaution to protect themselves, uh, protect Becky, uh, protect the baby. And uh, then, yeah, I mean, it, so long as that's the case, then they're, they're, they're grown adults. They can do what they want. Yep. Yep. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because, you know, if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app Answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish. 
or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps. Because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com. The Angie's List you know and trust is now Angie, and we're so much more than just a list. We still connect you with top local pros and show you ratings and reviews, but now we also let you compare upfront prices on hundreds of projects and book a service instantly. We can even handle the rest of your project from start to finish. So remember, Angie's List is now Angie, and we're here to get your job done right. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. You can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside. Repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Next, Philly Flexer's got a question. Let's hear what Philly Flexer has to say. Hey, guys, your boy Philly Flexer. Uh, back with my Let's chat question this month, not this week. Anyways, uh, my question to y'all is AJ Styles. He has been... Killing it to me. He's my favorite wrestler anyway. So, anyways, I just want to know your opinion on where you think his story arc should go. We can tell or whatnot that Undertaker's all in this man's head or whatnot. And I think it's a really good thing or whatnot. Uh, even Simon Miller's been calling him the immortal AJ Styles or whatnot because he's, I don't know, not really here anymore. But, anyways, I just want to know what you guys think. What should AJ Styles' character arc be from here or whatnot? Thanks, guys. Two gummy brothers. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Thank you, Philly Flexer. Uh, I like that AJ was wearing uh, the the purple purple trim tights on Raw. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Just hopefully week by week, just a little more Undertaker's overcoming AJ Styles. Yeah, you got the PTSD stuff. He's obsessed with everything Undertaker. Uh, everything seems to indicate they're going to have another match at some point. Yeah, probably not a boneyard thing. Part of me. Um, So if the whole point of this last ride thing is to chronicle the Undertaker as he prepares for his last match, Survivor Series this year to make all the sense of the world, 30th anniversary is debut, uh, and you could think of a list of a lot of potential opponents for Undertaker for his last match. Uh, by all indications, leading up to the Boneyard match, Taker won the match against AJ because he appreciated his work. He saw him as a modern-day Shawn Michaels, or this era's Shawn Michaels. Given his rivalry with Shawn Michaels, how he was the one to retire Shawn Michaels, maybe The Undertaker sees an opportunity here to have this generation's Shawn Michaels be the one to end his own career. If, if, if Undertaker's MO is, I want to leave having the best match I can, who better to put him in the ring opposite than AJ Styles? Nobody better. Who's one of the best wrestlers of the day. That being said... Uh, you got the story. AJ still suffered from PTSD. At first, uh, he's paralyzed by it. Uh, he, he doesn't know how to act. And finally, he comes to the realization that if I'm going to get over this, I need essentially exposure therapy. I need to confront what's bothering me head on rather than running away from it. So he challenges Undertaker to a match, whether it be at SummerSlam, 
if they have another opponent in mind for Taker's last match Survivor Series, if that's what's going to happen, or at Survivor Series, if they want AJ versus Taker to be it for The Undertaker. Have that match go down. AJ gets the W. He overcomes his own fears of The Undertaker, and maybe by extension, death itself, and he can move on with the rest of his career. That's how you do it. Yeah, I like that all. I think that 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 every, everything you said, I agree with. I I think that Survivor Series this year, it it would not shock me at all if they are going to build that as the main event, and they can do any number of matches between now and then to set that up as maybe Hell in a Cell. Maybe I'll put this out there. Survivor Series slated to take place in Dallas, Texas. Now I know The Undertaker, I think originally is from the Houston area. He lives in Austin now. Still, it's his home state. Texas is Texas. Yeah, it's all the same thing. Well, I don't know about that. But <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> it's a massive state. No, but he no, he's a Texan. In that la- what shirt? Okay. <laughs> what shirt is he wearing, Larson? The- <laughs> well, it has, the- it, has, it has the state of Texas on it. It has the state of Texas on it. We don't really want to go to what shirt it is. Or the hat, if he knows the hat. I did notice that. Yes, um, yeah. Uh, so yeah, no, he he he's definitely a Texan, uh, full on, and uh, and I think you're right about that. It it, it de- definitely seems like the kind of thing that they can they can build to. They can do a thing at SummerSlam, and that can lead to a thing at Survivor Series as well. I mean, this this should be a big enough story. Um, that you're telling it over the course of what are we in May to November? Absolutely. Um, well, even going back to a month ago, so mm-hmm. you got April to November. Seven April, months. yeah. Uh, so yeah, you're totally. And AJ is absolutely the guy like Undertaker and Vince probably consider him akin to you know the Shawn Michaels of our generation. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, and I could see, especially because it's something that's real. Vince likes putting AJ in important roles. That's why I'm mm-hmm. pretty sure you chose him to be Mr. Money in the Bank. It made sense. He needs something big to do. Um, yeah. and, and so uh, you count on AJ. Exactly. And uh, yeah, I, I could think of nobody better. Um, it makes all the sense in the world. This thing will go to Survivor Series. I think it's a great idea. That'd be great. Next question from B-Man. All day, real superstar Patrick Sparks. Took the time for being on the outs with Angel Garza to ask us a match chat question. Take it away, B-Man. Hey, friendos. Pat here. All right. Um, Mania happened a little while ago. Made me think recently, especially seeing The Undertaker doc and whatnot. Who truly is Mr. WrestleMania? Some would say it's the heartbreak kid, Shawn Michaels, for all of his acclaimed matches and whatnot. Um, And then you got The Undertaker. The streak is iconic. Um, very defining for his career and basically everybody around it in the business. So, I guess that's the question. Who really is the true Mr. WrestleMania? Thank you, B-Man. Thank you, Patrick Sparks. I believe it's your turn, Steve. Okay. Uh, it's, It's Hogan. I hate to say it, man, but it's true. It's Hogan. When you think of WrestleMania, you think of, I mean, there would be no WrestleMania without Hulk Hogan. That's that's true. That's totally true. Uh, the biggest WrestleMania moments uh, are either Hogan Andre at three, or uh, Hogan Rock at eighteen, uh, or you know Hogan uh, Sid at eight, uh, or Hogan uh, Yokozuna especially at nine. 
sorry, but it's totally it's totally Hulk Hogan. No way, man. It's the Undertaker. Uh, the, his streak at WrestleMania became synonymous with the event. Uh, er, you know, ever since they started really focusing on it over the last dozen or, so, or fifteen or so years. Uh, he's twenty-five and two at WrestleMania. Best record of anybody. He's got the most WrestleMania matches. Um, uh, is it like his streak? More or less justified him like continuing his career. That's what he more or less said in the last ride. You know, like the, the streak at WrestleMania became so important that he could work once a year. Like barely anybody else has, has that degree of leverage and has that opportunity to basically. I know he's not taking the whole rest of the year off because he's got to rehab injuries and then train for the next match. But uh, I mean, the Undertaker is such a singular figure in the the mythology of WrestleMania. The streak alone, I feel like and this is from like Shawn Michaels is my favorite wrestler of all time. In terms of uh, of best all around WrestleMania performances, it's hard to argue against Shawn Michaels being Mr. WrestleMania. That being said, The Undertaker's legacy at legacy. WrestleMania is basically unparalleled. Yeah, you can say Hogan without Hogan, there's no WrestleMania, and there's truth to that. But you know, past WrestleMania nine, which there's been a lot more WrestleManias after nine than before, it's basic math. Um, <laughs> The Undertaker is the most important uh, uh, wrestler. He's like the one wrestler that spanned that entire time. It's The Undertaker. Undertaker is a real Mr. WrestleMania. Sorry, Shawn Michaels. You're still my favorite. But it's Undertaker. Yeah, So, but we can both agree that it's not Shawn Michaels, though. I mean, if you look at it, actual... It really is. Here's the thing. Didn't he? Didn't he dub himself Mr. WrestleMania prior? Did he, he did that before his break, right? Yeah. Okay. I believe so. I, th- I think he did. At that point, like how many over-the-top WrestleMania? He had the Iron Man match. That was great. He was in 14 WrestleManias, Shawn Michaels was. That's fine. That's totally fine. But so his record's six and eight. Prior to uh, his <laughs> Okay, so his record is six and eight. Prior to his break, how many did he have? Uh, would have been, been from 92? I think eight was his first one. And then nine, he had a match. And then 10, obviously. 11, 12. Wasn't at 13. He was at 14. So that's six. Okay. So when he dubbed himself Mr. WrestleMania. Maybe he had a match at seven if he was to, uh, the Rockers had a match at one point. Okay. But here's, that's the thing. Like the first couple of them were the Rockers. Um, he did. Okay. So he had the ladder match. That was mm-hmm. good. That was really mm-hmm. good. Um, he had, uh, I'm talking about before his break when he dubbed himself Mr. WrestleMania. He had the ladder match. He had the Iron Man match. Yeah, those are the two the like ground. Those are two groundbreaking Mania matches. Yeah, um, but then he fought like Diesel in one of them. Yeah, WrestleMania Eleven. Yeah, uh, so I don't know. He fought uh, Tito Santana at WrestleMania Eight, I believe. Okay, I didn't I believe it was Tito. That. And then it was Miss. No, it wasn't. Was it Mister Perfect at WrestleMania Nine? Who he wrestled at Nine? Was it Perfect? Seems like it was perfect. Now, if he had had those Macho Man matches that Macho Man wanted to have, maybe yeah. he'd make a better case for himself. I, I think you're right. By the way, I think it is Taker. You just had it written down. No, actually, you didn't. I was trying to come up with no. something different. I was trying to come up with something oh, different. Oh, it was Tatanka. Tatanka at WrestleMania. No. Oh, God. Yeah, okay. No. Um, I was just kind of trying to come up with something that isn't Shawn Michaels or Undertaker. So I came up with Hogan, which I think actually has a, a better case than Shawn Michaels, to be honest with you. But uh, it's it's totally Undertaker. The streak was everything. It was Undertaker. Yeah, it's totally Undertaker. 100% Undertaker. 
to me, it's it's Taker, Hogan, and then Shawn Michaels can have a. You got yeah. I know Triple H's record at WrestleMania is not great, but next to the Undertaker, he's been at more WrestleMania than anybody else. Yeah, but I don't. I don't necessarily think quantity is the thing. I don't think it's the thing, but it's part of the it's part of the recipe, man. Who's got iconic WrestleMania moments? The most. Yeah, sure. You can make the case as Undertaker. Can you? Yeah. You can. Uh, end, of, end, of, end of an era, uh, losing the Brock, um, beating Sid after Sid crapped his pants. Um, beating Sid. <laughs> well, he won the title at the main event of WrestleMania. That's a moment for anybody. Uh, I, but I know that's such an underwhelming mania, though. As that's, a whole, yeah. That's, that's not Undertaker's a... fault, though. Yeah, but beating Sid is really not. That is he, not an like, iconic WrestleMania moment. Through the through the mid aughts, he had a, uh, like every year Undertaker was at, was in a hell of a match against Flair, Edge, Orton, Batista. Like the early mid aughts, he was on a run of having awesome matches, and then you have Triple H, HBK, HBK, uh, Triple H, Triple H, all mixed up in there. That is a hell of a run. Man. Yeah, that's Taker. <laughs> that's, that's a hell of a run. Yeah, that's that's a. You're right. That is a hell of a run. Yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. It's Undertaker. Next, got a question from the Enforcer, Stevie Bradley. Take it away, Enforcer. Hey, Stephen Larson and all the friendos. It's the Enforcer here with my monthly match hat question. And I want to talk about the men's Money in the Bank winner. Oh, yeah. It's Otis. And basically, we know that um, Asuka is the champion because when the combination was open for the briefcase that Becky did, the championship was in there. So I'm wondering, Otis has got to be, oh, yeah, what's in here? What's in here? And then you know he's going to crack that open, but what's he going to find? Is he going to find anything? Is he actually just going to find a contract? Could it be a T-bone steak? And if he waits too long, how disgusting is that T-bone steak going to be? I think we got a mystery on our hands. Join us. Perhaps you can help solve a mystery. Thank you, Enforcer. Thank you, Enforcer. I go first. There, uh, gosh, there better be meat in that briefcase. It just be it should be full of meat. Mm-hmm. Just mm-hmm. meat and more meat. Cooked, uncooked, doesn't matter. Tri-tip, brisket, a uh, half a rack of ribs whatever it just there should be some meat in that briefcase and you should have cracked that briefcase open see the meat if it's cooked eat it if it's raw cook it and then eat it we have that's what it should be have have us have a a spiral cut ham in there whatever there should be some meat in that briefcase i want an iou from tucky to be in there tucky steals it the contract and then he goes like uh sells it for uh, one of those uh, barbecue egg things that corbin has Oh, so that's that's gonna be the start of the feud. Is, like, is look what I got us, Tucky. Is that Tucky wants to up his barbecue Otis. game, and it comes at the expense ah. of Otis and his contract? <laughs> Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. 
but those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is, and it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I, or download the app today. Next, got a question from Christopher Rampersa. Take it away, Christopher. Hello, Stephen Larson. So my question is, so the debut of Scarlet Birdo and Killer Cross, do you feel like when they get to the main roster, will we see like a Sable and Mark Marin situation that maybe Scarlet Birdo will be more over than Killer Cross? Will we see something like that happen again in the modern era? What do you guys think? Thank you, Christopher. Thank you, Christopher. Go ahead, Steve. No, I don't think we're going to get that situation at all. I think that Killer Cross is a is a big, big deal. Uh, okay, I'm sorry. I'll retract that. I think that he is a much bigger deal than Mark Marrow ever was. Um, and But I, I, I will say this, though. I don't think that there's going to be – I think when they hit the main roster – uh, there's they're gonna have to climb. I think there's like maybe maybe I think there's one person in NXT right now, maybe two, that are gonna have a much easier time on main roster and won't have to really climb the ladder to get to like the upper upper mid card, like sniffing the main event scene, because that's yeah. all you can ask these days for call ups is like sniffing the main event scene. Yeah. yeah. Um. Which is silly. Like it should be, you know, if you build a star in NXT, they should be a star on main roster or at least give exactly. Them a shot. Exactly. Like Alistair Black should not. He shouldn't have been on on main roster for a year now. Rack up as many wins and he's never even sniffed the title. I he's know. never even come close to sniffing it. Um. So uh, I think that uh, Keith Lee and Adam Cole are the two names that when they hit main roster, they're going to be sniffing the title immediately. I, I believe that. Uh, Killer Cross is going to have to work his way up. Um, I think they're I think they're really good, uh, but I haven't seen enough. I haven't seen enough of his wrestling. And that might not matter. He might have enough in terms of charisma. Although we had a lot of people in our comments saying uh, that his uh, his facial expressions are too hammy. Yeah, and I've I, heard that before. And I and I kind I've felt it before. I've thought that before. I don't disagree with that. If they can successfully make him somebody who like legitimately, you're like, whoa. Like and I and it has to be through the substance of his performance. It has to be that mm-hmm, mixed mm-hmm. with good creative. But they seem to they seem to get, they seem to be giving him the push. But you got to have that extra thing in the performance. Totally, um, totally. If he can do that and really captivate people, I just don't know that he's going to be able to do. This. Having seen some of his previous work, I don't know if he's going to be able to do it. But I hope he does. Yeah, uh, I, I mean, I don't, I don't think it's be a situation where. Carrying Cross is kind of get, going to get lost in the shuffle of his own creative. I don't think that's going to be the case. I think he's got strong enough presence, strong enough charisma, and uh, again, I'm not terribly familiar with his in-ring work, but hopefully strong enough in-wing, in-ring work so he doesn't get kind of uh, shoved aside or, or, or lost in the shuffle of my stretch of the imagination. Um, as far as you, your, your comment about him having to work his way up on main whenever he gets called up, I think if he's getting called up in the next six months, yeah. If he's going to be in NXT for two or three years and and they build him up, then he can be on the same level as Adam Cole if the creative in NXT is good. If they if NXT does their job of making him a massive superstar within the context of NXT, um, then 
you know, his his brand, assuming that main roster in any way follows a lead that NXT set forth in terms Which of is... uh, very rarely does that ever happen. Yeah. Um, then, you know, he's got the presence. He's got the look to instantly be a main event guy. Um, it just depends if the creative's there and, and if they've done a good enough job of building the carrying cross branded NXT over the course of, of you know, a couple of years. Yeah. We'll but even when we saw like Drew McIntyre, granted he was hurt in NXT. If there's ever a guy who leaves NXT ready to be put right in the main event scene, it's Drew. And he was a henchman for years. Yeah, I know. I know. So I don't know. We'll see. And I, my thing is this, dude. It took Drew years. Um, like two, was it two years now, I guess? A couple of years, yeah. Drew has a lot more, in my in my humble opinion. Oh, he's got a lot more like experience, basically everything across the board. He's he's Drew got a lot like, more of the natural it factor than Cross does. Yeah. Drew's like prototypical pro wrestler. I know what uh commentary said for years. If you build a wrestler from the ground up, you'd want Randy Orton. Mm-mm. Give me Drew. Drew's got it all. Yeah, I know. I agree. Drew's got everything. I agree. Everything. Uh, next, we got a question from Cult of False Realities. Take it away. What's going on, Steve Larson and all the friendos out there? It is I, the Cult of False Reality, freshly shaved and got a new haircut, y'all. I did it myself. Hope it looks good. Anyway, my match chat question for this week is, after this pandemic is over, what should be some ongoing feuds in WWE and in AEW? I would like to see... Uh, Cody and Darby Allen as an ongoing feud in AEW and for a new feud which I hope they do the brands the draft thing I kind of want to see Carmella and Liv Morgan I feel like that'd be a good thing that'd be a good feud they can try to do something about the fact that um, Carmella says she's from New York but she's really from Boston maybe they can play something into that I don't know but what do you guys think give me like three feuds that you for each brand. Too sweet, hard handshake, stay safe. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. Thank you, Cult of False Realities. This is what I got. Uh, let me tops amongst them Young Bucks versus The Revival. Ooh, great. Please give this to us. Yes. Please. We're probably going to get that. We're probably going to get that uh, before the pandemic's over, huh? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Where have the Young Bucks been? At home. What was the reason? I forget. What was the reason for Paige? Uh, uh, I think both Paige and Nick have uh, newborns. Mm, that's right. That's right. Okay. All right. Sorry. Go ahead, please. Uh, speaking of Paige, give me Omega versus Paige. I want to see that oh. match. Oh, so good. On the WWE front, Roman and Braun revisit that. Oh, yeah. And then from there, you can do Roman versus Bray. Okay. Yeah, that's a really good one. I like all that. Uh, I would like to see, uh, I mean, there's no reason you can't do that this sooner than later, I guess, but Asuka versus Bianca Belair. Mm -hmm. Spend some time building up Bianca Belair a little bit, please. Yes, please. Did you see she she made the Street Profits uh, basketball gear? That's Mm -hmm. cool. I know. She's very talented. Uh, I know these are cross-brand, but seemingly they don't care anymore. You could do this before the thing is done with the Street Profits and the New Day. Yeah, I want to see Biggie and Angelo Dawkins mix it up verbally because uh, I think it'd be hilarious. Uh, and then I want to get back to uh, Finn Balor versus Walter. I was on the verge of watching NXT UK again, and then wow. uh, this stuff happened. Uh, and then I also want to see uh, I, I want to see Keith Lee versus Adam Cole, but I want that to be in front of fans. 
because yeah. I want Keith Lee to be able to celebrate his NXT title victory in front of people. That's a good idea. Good, good. Uh, next, got a question from Spitfire Marcus Johnston. Take it away. What's up, Steven Larson? Spitfire Marcus Johnson waiting to go into work. Uh, back with my second Matt Chat question. Um, my question for this week is, say Vince McMahon comes out Monday night after Money in the Bank and says he is stripping everyone of all titles. The only thing that is still left standing is the Money in the Bank winners. Everything else from there, everyone has to grab the brass ring and pretty much earn the titles themselves. So, book, if we have all new, all fresh champions, how would you book who wins what and how they go after it? Thank you. Have a good week. Thank you, Marcus. So let's just go back and forth. Let's start with Raw. If, if you had to start over, who would be the WWE champion? Like the right person is the champion right now in Raw. Yeah, it's Drew McIntyre. It's Drew McIntyre. 100% Drew McIntyre. Uh, Raw Women's Champion again, Asuka. Oh, it doesn't get better in Asuka. Uh, uh, U.S. Champion. Andrade has it now. Yeah, so Andrade has it now, and I'm actually really happy with that because I, I love Andrade. I know you do too. Mm-hmm. They need to give him a feud. They need to give him. You can't. I understand your point the other day how, like, yeah, I'd like to see Andrade versus Drew a lot too. Oh, it's great matches. But, man. Well, they, they need to do something more with Andrade. I agree. They make they make those guys look like assholes. Yeah, they kind of do look like chumps. Mm-hmm. They really do look like chumps. That being said, let's say uh, – Andrade can't be U.S. champion. Maybe he's going to start contending for the 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 world title. Who else should be U.S. champion? Of the people that we've seen, I really was hoping for uh, Apollo Cruz to get that title from him. That one match they had on Raw, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, I thought that could have maybe drawn some eyeballs to the product, um, and instead they they had Apollo get injured. So. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say Alistair Black. That's a I good think one Alistair too. Black getting a title around his waist would be pretty awesome. That'd be rad. Uh, the tag champions right now held by the Street Profits. Uh, I mean, it's hard to disagree with the Street Profits, but like this this flipping thing they got with the War Raiders really should be awesome. Good. And they're just doing a bunch of comedy stuff. It's not very good. So. Um, I'll say uh, have Cedric. And Ricochet join up with this Lashley MVP faction. Put oh, the tag titles wow. on them. That's terrific. That's really terrific. Uh, let's go over to SmackDown. Who should be the Universal Champion, Steve? Oh, Bray, the Fiend. Totally. I'm going to say Daniel Bryan. Okay. That's good, too. Um, the Intercontinental Champion. Of course, now it is Sami Zayn. Um. I think it would have been cool if Daniel Bryan took it off of Sami Zayn at Mania and then the next SmackDown said, hey, Drew, because of your coaching, I did this. I got this. I'm going to give you an opportunity. And that's mm-hmm. the moment where Drew really does figure out Daniel Bryan and he takes yeah, that icy title. title. Yeah, that's good. I'm going to backtrack on Universal title. It's not Daniel Bryan. It's Big E. Big E is my Universal oh, wow. champion. That's awesome. Uh, the near continental champion. I'll have I'll have Daniel Bryan. Uh, uh, SmackDown Women's champion. 
Uh, I don't see a reason there shouldn't it shouldn't be Bailey at this moment. I think that she's pretty good. Uh, it would be interesting, uh, given the story they've been telling with her and Sasha, if they strip Bailey of her title and then it was given to Sasha or she mm -hmm. won it. Yeah. Uh, how that would affect the dynamic between the two. So I'd put it on Sasha. Mm -hmm. And finally, tag champions. It's a new day. Yes, it is. Uh, oh, give me it's Forgotten Sons, of course. Joking. I kind of just, kind of just want to end the show right now. It's the new day. <laughs> Forget me not. Forget me not. Who's up next? Stephen M. Uh, Stephen M. is up next. Take it away, Stephen M. Hey, friend, it's Stephen M. here with my match chat question. So I was wondering, is there could you power any top five wrestlers you don't care for in ring? Uh, you like them on the mic and vice versa. So you care for them in the ring, but don't care for them on the mic. And personally, I think Baron Corbin's an example for me. Like during the King of the Ring tournament, he's really like he showed us his in ring chops and he's one of the most improved wrestlers there is. And like when he can, he can put on a decent match. But he has all the go away heat in the world. So when he's on the mic, and this might be controversial, but I don't care for Nikki Cross's um, main roster wrestling style. It's probably because she hasn't been got, able to be shown like how good of a wrestler she is. But like, I much prefer her character work and stuff to her, watching her in ring. Anyways, take care, guys. Like, keep keep keeping on during this lockdown. Thanks for providing so much entertainment. Too good, my brother. Thank you, Stephen M. Thank you, Stephen M. You have some interesting. So, the second one. Yeah, and it's not to say I I can't think of any wrestlers really in WB that it's a situation where I really like their in-ring work and don't like them at all on the mic or vice mm -hmm. versa. Um, the two answers I have is just because I like Bray, I think, is so good in terms of telling stories, so good in terms of the creative aspect. Of, of, of talking, of doing promos, of working on the mic, that his in-ring work, some of it I really like, and some of it I'm underwhelmed by. So, I, I, and I, I, I understand that a lot of the stuff he's doing in the ring is the purpose of telling a larger story. So if you look at the match in a bubble, some of them, they're kind of eh, like his match against Seth at the, that one Saudi show. It wasn't yeah. very good. It wasn't very good. But in terms of the story they were trying to tell about the theme at that particular time, it, 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 it went far in terms of establishing the Fiend as this horror movie character. You look at the match in the bubble, it's kind of whatever. Same with the Hell in a Cell one, even though I didn't mind the ending. Uh, the match itself, whatever. In terms of the larger story, I could appreciate it. But that being said, if I had to choose somebody, I understand your answer too. I, I wouldn't disagree with that. Um, but I, th I just feel like Bray is so like astronomically brilliant on the mic that even as a pretty good wrestler... Um, you know, I, I appreciate his mic work way more than his in-ring work. And let's say I think his in-ring work is bad. On the flip side of that, Ricochet. I think it, with, with good motivation and good material, Ricochet could be good on the mic. I just don't think he's given that very often. I've seen him go do good promos. I've seen him do plenty of good promos. Just it's the, just far too often, he's like, he's got nothing to work with. It's just generic babyface stuff. Uh, his in-ring work is off the charts, though. Off the charts. Yeah, with Ricochet, chart. I've never I've I've seen him give believable promos. I've never seen him give promos that really move me. And it could be a matter of him not being given the I, He did one in PWG that was really good, I thought. Um Bray is interesting because with Bray, I kind of wonder if I mean, like what you said is totally true, and I think like my interpretation of what you said is kind of the his stories 
might be better told outside the wrestling ring entirely, which makes him so different. Um, But also, like, given that we've seen his match, for example, with Daniel Bryan was really good. good. And even the meat of his match with uh, with Braun this time around. It's good. It's just I wonder if sometimes his stories get in the way of getting the way of of good matches. That could be it. Totally. I think that could be the case. No, I think he can, but yeah, you know, everything he does is the service of the story. And if that means the match isn't as exciting as some other matches on the card, so be it. But, yeah. you know, he's looking at a larger picture. And I understand that completely. Yeah. Some of his matches in the bubble, you know, by uh, necessity of, of what he's doing, the wrestling is a lesser priority. Seemingly, yeah. Yeah, I get and you. Let's say I don't enjoy his work in the ring, I just enjoy his, his work in the mic way more. So I'm going to say, I agree with that. Uh, I'm going to say. Just because he's a recent addition, and I don't care to see him wrestle at all, but God dang, I really enjoy his personality, MVP. Um, oh, that, that segment with Lashley on Raw was so good. That segment was good. Was so good. Uh, so far, a lot of what he did, like even in the build to Money in the Bank with like the, the little conference with the women and stuff, I thought that was good stuff. Um, I really want to see more of that. I could care. I, I don't need to see him wrestle. I don't want to see him wrestle. He shouldn't be wrestling, really. Um and then, uh, and then Roderick Strong. So, like, Roderick is good when he's goofing with the Undisputed Era, but just in a bubble, like, just him. Uh, I thought maybe some of his stuff, like, with Velveteen Dream was okay, but it it's not really his strong suit is, is on the mic. But, God, he's probably one of my top five favorite wrestlers. Like, just his matches come mm-hmm. off as so legitimate. Um, mm-hmm. his selling is so like legitimate without being like too cartoony or too much. Like that dude looks like he's getting beat up. Mm-hmm. Um, like it's him, Daniel Bryan and like, I don't know, nobody else really for me in terms of like matches that I really want to see. Um, so those are my answers. All right. We got a couple text questions first from Chris Carlin. Who do you think will be the first AEW champion who isn't a former WWE talent? So it depends on how strictly we want to define former WWE talent. Does this include people who were never on WWE main roster, or do we extend this all the way to developmental? I think that it's it's including people like Sean Spears. I think it's including, like, if that's your litmus. No, my example, like, Kenny Omega was oh, a WWE that, developmental. No, no, that's doesn't count. Just Years because ago, he was in Ohio. <laughs> deep South. It's Deep South. Oh, was the, I always think it's OVW. Okay, Deep mm-hmm. South, fine. <laughs> Whatever. That doesn't count. That doesn't count. All right, if that's the case, then I might say Kenny. Kenny or, or, or Adam Page. Those are the two answers. The one you wrote down is completely the truth. It's Adam Page. Page is going to take that title off Moxley. They're going to, once pandemic's over, once once Page can do stuff again, he, they're going to build him back up. Oh, and, hell yeah. And he's going to be the guy. It's going to be like basically tweener versus tweener. I mean, I know Moxley's mm-hmm. like a baby face, but, you know, he's a baby face who does, you know. Uh, it, it's going to be, you know, people are going to be, they don't know. People are going to have to choose sides, man. They're going to have to choose sides. But I yeah. think Paige is going to be so damn over. I think he's taking that title off Moxley. I think it's going to be a while, but I think he's the guy for sure. There's there's nobody else. Yes, Omega might be the other name, um, but I think Paige, I think they have a mission right now to make Paige the guy. Yeah. But they're doing a much better job at it than like WWE does in making their guy the guy. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, I, th- I think it's 100% page. And finally, Luis Ariza, I want you guys to go back into the bowels of history and turn three matches into cinematic masterpieces. Mm, great. 
He says, you can't pick end of an era. That's too easy. <laughs> I love your second answer. That's great. All right, anyways, go ahead. You can go first. Well, okay, so I sort of was trying to pick a match that had a lot of history to it, a lot of story, but, like, wasn't good at all. And in this in the in this first match that I'm choosing, it couldn't be good because the guy wasn't like it's Vince versus Brett. That match, like you couldn't ha- you need a stunt double for Bret Hart because he couldn't take bumps at the time because he had the insurance thing and he had the brain thing. He he couldn't he literally couldn't do anything. Mm-hmm. So for me, it'd be Vince versus Brett would be number one. All right, uh, my first one would be uh, Undertaker versus Shawn Michaels, Mania 26. Shawn Michaels last match, spectacular storytelling. Yeah, it was a fantastic match. Might be one of my favorites. Uh, that being said, imagine that shot cinematically with all the story beats they hit, uh, referencing various moments in their careers. I think that could have been spectacular. Uh, next up, I've got uh, Rock versus Austin at WrestleMania 19. Uh, they'd already had two WrestleMania matches that were both pretty darn good. Um, and uh, I just feel like, you know, if anything deserved the Boneyard treatment, it'd be this one. I'm gonna say Hogan versus Warrior Two in WCW. Imagine it's through it. the through the through the looking glass match. I love it. You know, you have that bit where Warriors in the wall, mm-hmm. and some he uses the the power of the Warrior to bring Hogan into his uh, uh, Warrior realm. They have a match there. They're like Helwig. What do you want to do? Okay, and he just like writes down on a legal pad just all sorts of bizarre shit. And they try oh, to do that. It's pure madness. It's absolute yeah. madness. Yeah, it's absolute madness. But then they give it. They give that legal pad to Hogan, and Hogan gets the red pen, <laughs> and that's what they have to do. So they both get there, Scratch. and like Warriors, like, right what is this? To start scratching everything out. <laughs> this doesn't work for me, brother. <laughs> doesn't work for me, brother. Just bold all over it and all over the whole page. All right, what's your final answer here, Steve? Uh. Well, now that you mentioned WCW, how about the finger poke at Doom? I want right. that cinematically. You set this like huge epic arena up, and you make it even it bigger than boop. it was. Yeah, I've got uh, written down though. I've got Oscar versus Charlotte. Um, that could have been cool because that match to me was underwhelming. Um, it was too short, uh, not befitting uh, how big that match should have been. Uh, so take it to the cinematic realm. All right, I'm going to say the, the WCW Chamber of Horrors match from Halloween Havoc 1991. It's one with the electric chair in it. Oh, wow. That's great. Imagine if they had done that like real early 90s horror movie style. When did Alcatraz uh, stop being like an actual prison? A real prison? Yeah. Because that's where you do it. It's been a while. It's been did a they while. execute people at Alcatraz? I mean, it was maximum security, so I wouldn't be surprised. I'm oh, wow. Sure. It, was, it was all the way back in 63. That recently it was still active, huh? Uh no, I'm I'm shocked that it wasn't still active in like the 70s. No, 1963. It closed after 30 years of operation. Or if they realized it's kind of a pain, they asked to have to uh, put prisoners on a boat and take them out to the prison. Probably. It seems like logistically it would just be a nightmare. Getting supplies out there and all that it just seems like it would it would not be fun. Absolutely, I know. I wonder if anybody actually ever escaped Alcatraz like got away probably yeah. not no that water's pretty cold out there it's freezing man it's cold mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i think at some point there's like sharks too well maybe i don't know <laughs> i remember i saw an unsolved mysteries on it oh ah. but I, but I was there a horse in that episode because apparently there's horses in every episode we've not heard of the bird man of alcatraz was there a horse man of alcatraz not in that <laughs> segment but maybe in the larger episode there was i don't know last week there was no actually last week 
Last week, uh, they did an update from the episode prior with the two random horses. Yeah. So they and they for whatever reason they showed that shot again of those two horses. So horses got the didn't horses technically in there. appear in episode five on Saw Mysteries. You gotta get those horses in there, man. Everybody popped. <laughs> anyway, that's it for Matt Chat. You wanna be a part of Matt Chat, you could do that on the Patreon at patreon.com forward slash Stephen Larson is twenty dollars. Not only do you get to be on Matt Chat, you also got the Friendo Care package. So you get a comic book. Uh, some stickers, Post, eight by ten postcard. Yeah, you get names eight by ten of us postcard probably. So uh, yeah, it's good stuff. Anyways, that's it. Thanks so much for watching. Until next time, we'll talk to you. Goodbye. Angie's list is now Angie, and we've heard a lot of theories about why. I thought it was an eco move. Fewer words, less paper. No, it was so you could say it faster. No, it's to be more iconic. Must be a tech thing. But those aren't quite right. It's because now you can compare upfront prices, book a service instantly, and even get your project handled from start to finish. Sounds easy. It is. And it makes us so much more than just a list. Get started at Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I. Or download the app today. Angie has made it easier than ever to connect with skilled professionals to get all your jobs projects done well. I absolutely love this because you know if you own a home, it can be really hard to maintain. It's hard to find people that can help you for a big project or a small. Well, whether it's in everyday maintenance and repairs or making dream projects a reality, it can be hard just to know where to start. But now all you need to do is answer that and find a skilled local pro who will deliver the quality and expertise you need. Angie has over 20 years of home service experience and they've combined it with new tools to simplify the whole process. Bring them your project online or with the Angie app, answer a few questions and Angie can handle the rest from start to finish or help you compare quotes from multiple pros and connect instantly, which means you can take care of just about any home project in just a few taps, because when it comes to getting the most out of your home, you can do this when you Angie that. Download the free Angie mobile app today or visit Angie.com. That's A-N-G-I dot com.